This morning we got the privilege of having Neil come and bring the word with us. One of the great joys I've had over the last few years is getting to know Neil and get to know his heart and to be able to spend some time with him. And not only am I excited for you to get to know Neil and his heart and who he is, but more importantly, uh, Neil's going to be able to share with you who God is. And one of the cool things that we get to do from time to time is to be able just to present God. And so Neil and I have been meeting and getting together and talking, and he's excited to present God to you. And so, Neil, we pray for you. Thank Bring you. the word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's uh, happy to see everybody out there and um, to kind of pick up on uh, actually Jay's prayer there. Um, a gentleman, when I was younger, told me 500 million times 500 million is just the beginning of eternity. And um, that always stuck with me ever since I was a child. And uh, to get a, get a grasp on the eternal was very uh, tricky to do because um, we have a finite mind. We can't really uh, understand how long forever is. And, uh, you know, today I'm just wondering what your thoughts of God are. Uh, I'll tell you, whatever they are, they fall uh, woefully short of how awesome and uh, terrifying and loving that um, our God is. And, uh, you know, I just, um, just want to give a couple slides here of, uh, to give you the awesomeness and greatness of God that uh, Pastor Lou Giglio put together a while back on how awesome God is. Um, you know, the Bible says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, the story hosts by the breath of his mouth. When God said, let there be light, light busted out of his mouth at 186,000 miles a second. That's fast. You know, we're not talking zero to 60. We're talking zero to 186,000 miles a second. To give you an idea how fast that is, a beam of light could travel around the, um, the earth seven times every second. So 1,000, that's seven times around the whole world. Some of these numbers we're going to get into um, are again hard to grasp with uh, a finite mind, but I'm going to try to give an illustration uh, of how I can. If anyone golfs, I dug in my bag to grab my Pro V1, one of my best golf ball for my illustrations here. It's refurbished like me, but <laughs> stay, stay with me. Um, so if the earth were the size of a golf ball, the sun would be 10 feet in diameter. You know, that's pretty big, but to give you an idea how big you could put 960,000 Earths inside the sun. That's enough golf balls to fill a school bus in its entirety. Now, I know you guys have been to the birthday party where they had the jelly beans in a jar, and then I woefully underguess it. I say 130, you know. They're like, there's 870. Um, who counted those anyways? I guess I'll believe you. But, but uh, you know, that, that's a lot of golf balls to fill, fill a bus. If we're looking at a bigger star, Betelgeuse, it's 427 light years away from us, or 5.888 trillion miles away from the, the Earth. The star Betelgeuse is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. This is, uh, and these are all, you know, God made all these stars, spoke them into existence, and it's pretty amazing when you think about the size of these. Again, a golf ball, Beetlejuice would be six Empire State Buildings stacked on top of each other. 
I've never been to New York, uh, but I have been downtown and saw the UPMC building. And when you look up at it, it's pretty intimidating. You know, that's a big building. Imagine having six of these stacked on top of each other. Uh, it's very, uh, it gives you pause to think about how big in the scope of things are. You could fit 252 trillion earths inside a Beetlejuice. If the earth were a golf ball again, that's enough to fill the Superdome 3,000 times. Later today, you guys might go down to Heinz Field. Um, you might have you know, been to a Steeler game and say, you know somebody in the 500 sections and you're like, you know, on the phone, like stand up and wave and you're, you know a guy, so you're down in the hundreds and you're like trying to squint up there. Ima imagine having this golf ball fill that stadium 3,000 times. It just gives you a scope of how grand we're talking here. Um, another bigger, even bigger than Beetlejuice, it's a star called Musifi. Again, the earth is a golf ball. We're talking the width of two Golden Gate bridges end to end. I've never been to San Francisco. However, it is 1.7 miles long, so almost four miles long compared to this tiny golf ball. That's 2.7 quadrillion Earths inside of uh, one star. These are numbers like you can't comprehend. Like how big is a quadrillion? Well, let me tell you. Uh, a quadrillion seconds ago would be 38,800,000 years ago. So these are, these are the numbers we're talking about. Uh, this, this, they may have discovered newer stars. This isn't a brand new um, slideshow here, so pardon me if this is not the biggest star anymore. But as of this writing, Canis Majoris was the biggest star known to man. Uh, it would be the height of Mount Everest, almost six miles above sea level, compared to this tiny golf ball representing us. You could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside of Canis Majoris. That's enough Earths to, again, never been to Texas, but I'm sure anyone who has and you've driven through it, it probably seems like forever, and you can have enough golf balls to be basically a, a one-year-old deep. So <laughs> I say all this just to give you a scope of how big and awesome and amazing our God is. And um, this, this should give pause to you and make you contemplate and think about um, how awesome our, our, our Lord is, the one we serve. So, that being said, let us pray. Father, I thank you for uh, just being able to come under your presence, Lord, and that you do all these grand things, yet you um, take time for each one of us, and that you look into and care about each one of our lives. I just thank you for your son dying for us, Thank you for all you've done. Uh, just let us try to give back a, a minuscule amount of praise here for you, for you Father. And uh, we just praise you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I got Psalms 34. Uh, I got to pick my own psalm, so that was awesome. And I, you know, I picked 34, the Lord put it on my heart. I'll give you a little background of what's going on at this time. Uh, so... Time correlates in the Bible with uh, 1 Samuel, the end of 20, and then into 21. Uh, Jonathan, David's best friend, tells him that his father is going to kill him. Uh, so David, not a dumb man, leaves. Uh, so he escapes Saul and uh, goes to a town called Nob, goes to the priest there, 
Uh, he's probably a little run down, you know, a little tired from his journey and wants something to eat. So he's like, do you have any food? Priest says, I got some bread for you. He's like, you got any weapons by chance? He says, as a matter of fact, we do. Uh, it's a sword David knows because he used it to cut off the head of Goliath. So they had Goliath's sword at this random sanctuary in Nob, and uh, so he takes it, and he flees to Gath, whether he saw that sword and it brought to remembrance or what, whatever has you, he ended up going to Gath where I'm sure uh, Saul wouldn't look because why would David go to Gath? Um, while he's there, people notice him. They're like, you know, ain't that David over there? And they're like, yeah, it is him. Uh, they sing songs about him. You know, Saul killed his thousand, David his ten thousands. So David's starting to get a little skittish. Uh, it says he became very afraid, and they brought him before the king. Uh, and the king, you know, is, is looking at him. Well, David starts acting crazy. I mean, I'm talking spit in his beard, just really going, going hard, trying to uh, make this king think that he's, he's just kind of nuts. And it works. The king says, what do I want with another fool? And they send David off, and David goes... Uh, into a cave and composes Psalms 34. Even with all that's going on in David's life, um, he still starts this with these three verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Someone's trying to kill him. He left his town. You got to remember, David was prophesied to be king. Fifteen years passed before this comes to pass. I mean, I don't know about you, but waiting on a promise that was given to me for 15 years is, is a, a real test of uh, character and faith. And he, and he chooses to uh, bless the Lord at all times. Um, this is a decision he makes. This is something he chooses to do instead of questioned the Lord at all times or cursed the Lord at all times. He's saying he's going to bless the Lord at all times. And, uh, and his soul makes its boast in the Lord. It'd be very easy to get out of these circumstances as David and say, hey, man, I really did this. You know, uh, look at me. I, I accomplished this. You know, I outsmarted the king. I got the sword. You know, I, I'm really uh, on my game here. Um, and then we got uh, switching from David himself to now he's going to ask everybody that's with him to magnify the Lord uh, and exalt his name together, kind of like we were doing earlier when we were praying, praising uh, the Lord. I like magnify the Lord. Uh, if I take a magnifying glass and look at an ant, it makes that ant bigger. Uh, the ant itself doesn't become bigger, but my perception of it does. So when you magnify the Lord, the guy who breathed all these stars out is not going to get any bigger. He already is what he is. But when you put your, your lens on him and in your life he becomes bigger, uh, thing, things can change. Things can uh, really, really switch for you. Next three verses, David's going to relate his experiences. Um, we see in verse 4 that he sought the Lord and the Lord answered him. And delivered him from all his fears. We see three things. David was seeking, the Lord answered, and the Lord delivered. When you study the Psalms, 
there's some things that you'll notice and there's parallels in them. So whether it's an imagery thing or something that's saying the same thing but very uh, close to it, they're usually within one or two verses of each other or three verses. Keep an eye out for it next time you read the Psalms. It's kind of, you know, like a game. Like, hey, look, there's a, there's a parallel. I found it. Um, but usually in the Bible when things are repeated multiple times, they, 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 they are worth paying attention to. So uh, we'll see in verse 6 how these kind of line up. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He's talking about himself. You know, David cried out to the Lord, and then the Lord heard him, and the Lord saved him from his troubles. If we look between 4 and 6, you'll see these parallels. So he sought, and then he cried, and then he, the Lord answered, the Lord heard, the Lord delivered, and the Lord saved. Um, we need to, as people, uh, as God's people, to be seeking him, to, to cry out to him, and know that the Lord does answer Andy hears doesn't mean that whatever's standing in front of you is not going to be there still. Uh, just know that he is hearing when you do cry out. It's not falling on de deaf ears here, guys. Um, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Uh, no pun intended, we're going to camp out here for a little bit. And, you know, you may ask yourself, what does it mean to fear the Lord? The saying that spans from Genesis to Revelation. Um, a few people such as Jesus, Paul, David, uh, John, Moses, Abraham, uh, Isaac, Isaiah, all these people mentioned the fear of the Lord. And uh, if they mention it, it's something that's worth paying attention to or studying. Um, it's not really mentioned a lot nowadays. Uh, you, you might have heard Back in the day, a God-fearing Christian, you know, you don't, uh, it's, that, that term kind of went to the wayside, but um, what it means to fear the Lord, just uh, kind of a definition would be, fear the Lord is acknowledging who God is and standing in awe of Him. It's respecting Him, it's honoring Him, it's obeying Him. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, stood on a at been to the ocean, you're, you're looking out at the vast waters or you're looking down at the, at the sand under your feet and just kind of a feeling of, of awe comes over you. Um, Isaiah says that uh, the Lord measures the oceans in the palm of his hand, that he measures all those stars we talked about by the span of his hand. Um, the greatness of God is, is immeasurable. And that's how we need to think of him, um, give him his due honor. It's difficult sometimes, though, in the way that we're, we're living nowadays, because when we think of fear, uh, to look at it as anything beyond our own perspective. Me and my wife were in the Caribbean one time, and I'm hanging out in the water. My wife's in the tube. I don't know if anyone knows me here. I don't like fish, really. And uh, a school of fish, little guys, you know, like this, swim all across me. I'm telling you, I, I 186,000 miles an hour out of, the, out of the ocean, and I look back and my wife's still sitting there. So uh, whatever was chasing those fish, I kind of left her for, uh, for now. <laughs> um, but uh, to say that, I was afraid of the fish and I fled. I mean, nowadays, fear, you're, you, you're, your mind is to flee 
to, to fight, to, to hide. Um, and of course, the Bible does things always different. A biblical fear of the Lord is meant to bring you to, uh, to cause you to come near. Um, that being said, there is real reason to fear the judgment of God and stand in awe of who he is. Uh, I mean, be honest, there's real reason. Uh, like that Revelation chapter that Jay read, uh, or recited, we should say, uh, there's, there's holy creatures flying around the throne room. Uh, when Isaiah describes the throne room in verse 6, it's impressive. Uh, his chain fills the whole temple. There's smoke. There's, when he talks, the foundation shakes. Like, the, the Lord's no joke. I mean, when you think of how big those stars are, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's not sitting in a, in a small throne room. I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, walk through the door and there's a little little throne room. I think it's impressive. And Isaiah, uh, this is another thing that stuck with me, um, dedicated his life to the Lord, yet when he went to the throne room, he says he was undone. You know, I, I know I, uh, by works-wise at least, thank God for Jesus, but by works-wise, I fall woefully short of what Isaiah did. And if he was undone, I'm, I'm over, you know. Uh, it all points to, points to Jesus, so thank God for Jesus. Because <laughs> uh, if you have a real fear of the Lord, this will be life-changing. Uh, you can't just continue doing what you've done. If you look at me and you look at somebody of the world and you can't tell a difference in my actions or my life, then something's not right. Something needs to be, be changed. Uh, you need to really do a self-check. A self um, kind of ask yourself, like, what, what am I... What am I messing up on? Like, where, where am I missing it? Um, a lot of people, I feel, take uh, their, their Jesus debit card out and just swipe away. Um, you know, like, I'll, I'll keep messing up. It's fine. I got my, I got my card. Well, you know, the, that's, not a, that's, that's a scary way to live, to be honest. Um, you know, because if you don't have a healthy fear of the Lord, you, you'll live a life without boundaries. So if, if I wanted to steal a car, I wouldn't have any problem doing that because, you know, if, if there's no law that says, you know, if you steal this car, you actually can go to jail. If there's, if there's no boundaries with how I'm acting, uh, if there's no repercussions on, on what I'm doing, uh, that could, that, that, you know, what, why should I act a certain way, you know? But the Lord puts boundaries and, and th threats and warnings and promises for your actions. You know, everyone will uh, one day hear either, you know, well done, thy good and faithful, or depart from me, for I've never known you. Like, you will stand uh, in judgment one day, and um, that should be a sobering thought to, to each of us in here. Uh, but we know God's... well. If you know God, you'll know his character and that his threats and his warnings move you to repentance, to perseverance and growth. He wants you to grow in him. He wants you to turn around, turn back to him. Um, he wants your life uh, given over to him. And <clears throat> we know this by reading his word and, and studying it. Um, there's also many aspects to fearing the Lord. We can see in Proverbs 1, 7 and 9, 10, these are very uh, popular um, sayings that, you know, those who fear the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. These are good connotations of the fear of the Lord. All throughout both Testaments, 
there's goodness uh, equated with fearing God. It's not all, you know, bad news. It's not all if you if you don't fear God, you're you know you're going to hell type deals. Um, there is goodness uh, wrapped in all throughout Scripture uh, regarding this uh, this time here. Uh, you may ask yourself, how do you live in the fear of the Lord? It's a good question. Um, how can we actually do that? I'll tell you one main way of doing it is getting into this word here uh, by reading your Bibles, by uh, getting to know who God is. And the way you do that is by reading his word, respecting his word, obeying his word. Um, we went to a conference. A guy uh, said he does like a three-five rule. You know, you wake up, get alone with God for five minutes. You know, pray for five minutes and read the Bible for five minutes. Something like that could be a, a starting point on changing how you do things, on how you you view God. Uh, so that's where the the respect of His Word comes in. Um, I ask that each of you guys in here, if you're uh, a Christian that you respect his word. Um, don't, don't be flippant with God. Don't just kind of be cavalier with him. This is, this is the, the guy who made everything. And it, it's hard to think about stuff like that. You know, again, because we're, we're, we're finite beings. Um, when I study out the, the fear of the Lord, I see two things that occur uh, pretty commonly and they occur repeatedly. Uh, live humbly and turn away from evil. In today's day, it's kind of hard to live humbly. Uh, with social media and everything, they kind of want you to put things on blast, you know. They want you to be like, look at me. Uh, I did this. Even if it's a good thing, like I supported this cause or I went to feed the homeless, you know. It's always like, hey, you know, here I am. Look at what I'm doing uh, it's not really about what you're doing. It's about who you're doing it for. So uh, it, it's, it's just kind of different lines, and you've got to switch, uh, kind of just switch your thinking a little bit and then, you know, turn away from evil. That's, that, that should be uh, basic. It should be 101. However, <laughs> it deems repeating always because we are... Um, Typically, by nature, uh, evil beings. I mean, we, we have sin tendencies, and, you know, God forgives us. Um, but again, this is one of them issues where if you just keep doing the same thing, it's like, you know, check, you know it's time to check yourself maybe. Um, repentance is turning away from. That's doing a 180. Uh, and I know, I mean, I, I've been there myself that we struggle with things, and you can struggle with one thing for a very, very long time. Um, but there's, there is uh, grace and help. And sometimes you might have to find, find me or, or Mike or Pastor Dan. You might need somebody to be accountable to, uh, to hold you accountable. And, I mean, that's not fun. Uh, you know, when you, when you start messing up, you know, you don't, you don't like telling the person I messed up. But it does make you accountable. Next time, you might think, you know, I don't want to tell them again. You know, God's seeing you. He's writing all your deeds down. They're written in a book. You're going to have to give an account for that. That should make you 
kind of fearful to uh, do what you keep on doing because uh, it'll be revealed. Anything done in the dark comes to light. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, well, fortunately, we, we, we know Jesus and uh, he, he covers a multitude of sins. And that is good news. And that's the good news. I love good news. Bringing us up to verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Guys, the Lord is good. He's not bad. He's not up there like Zeus ready to throw a lightning bolt at you when you mess up. He, he wants the best for you. He he's, he's loves you more than you love yourself. He wants, um, he wants you to, have your, to live, live a life according to his word, uh, which you'll know if you respect and read the word. Um, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Name of our church, refuge. Uh, in this world nowadays, if you don't have somewhere to take a refuge, to take a, a rest, that's a hard life. It's a, it's a real hard life. Um, so blessed is the man who takes that refuge in him. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, today I encourage you um, to see for yourself that the Lord is good. You know, I can, I can tell you all day that riding the motorcycle is exhilarating and awesome. And if you've never done it, like me explaining it to you is not, not the same, you know. It's like being on the bike is literally awesome. And uh, like, like God, you have to see for yourself. Um, same like that Caribbean earlier. Like I could tell you seeing 20 feet below you in colorful fish swimming around is, is amazing, but until you actually experience it yourself, uh, you're really not going to, to know um, what it is to, to see that the Lord is good. So um, that's, that's, that's what my challenge is for you guys today. I want you to uh, taste and see and know that the Lord is good, that he is for you, he's not against you. Um, I want you to have a new uh, vision of who he is, how big he is, magnify him, uh, live in a way that is pleasing to him.